You're listening to Weld Found, a podcast about belonging in an age of social isolation and disconnection. In this space, we present compelling stories of community, interest, and generosity. I'm your host, Tim Coons. Welcome to Season 3. This past month, we celebrated this production's one-year anniversary and 6,500 episodes downloaded. Thank you for listening and for a willingness to truly know and belong to your community. This show is made possible by the Weld Community Foundation, who encourages us to spread the good. Come find out who the foundation is and what it does for Weld County at weldcommunityfoundation.org. We're going to jump right into today's episode titled Unlikely Family. Thanks for joining us. There's a well-known scientific theory called Caesar's Breath. The theory has become a classic teaching tool for high school and college students. It's proven by a complicated mathematical formula, but what it demonstrates is absolutely mind-blowing. The theory of Caesar's breath takes us back 2,062-some years ago when Julius Caesar, the great conqueror, was stabbed by his friend Brutus in the Senate. Mortally wounded, Caesar slumps over, took his last breath, and died. For some reason, Caesar's dying breath has become this classic teaching tool for chemistry professors. What they suggest is that when Caesar exhaled his last breath in 44 BC, he released an enormous amount of breath molecules, mostly nitrogen and carbon dioxide. How many molecules? 10 to the 23rd power, to be exact. That is a one followed by a whole lot of zeros. Scholars have speculated about what would happen to all those breath molecules. Some would be absorbed by plants, some by animals, some by water, and a large portion would float free and spread themselves all around the globe in a pattern so predictable that if you took a deep breath right now, go ahead, take a moment, at least one of the molecules entering your lungs right now literally came from Caesar's last breath. And when I breathe in and think about this, it feels like a parlor trick, right? But this is worth reflecting on because this isn't just Caesar's breath, but every breath that has ever been taken by a living creature. Earth's atmosphere works like a global protective veil, protects the air that we breathe from the cold vacuum of outer space. Beneath that veil is all the air that ever was and every breath that was ever taken. Not a single atom or molecule will ever slip through that veil. Every creature on earth, from the first day of creation all the way to this very day, shares the same breath, the same air. So, literally, let's breathe this in. According to the theory, that means we breathe the air of the very first humans. It means we breathe the fetid breath of the brontosaurus and the pungent breath of every blue whale that ever was. It means we breathe St. Augustine's breath from the 3rd century and Martin Luther's breath from the 16th century and Martin Luther King Jr.'s breath from the 20th century. The breath of Shakespeare and Mary Oliver, Beethoven and Genghis Khan, Mother Teresa and Cesar Chavez. Saints, tyrants, conquerors alike. Now, pause on this one. We breathe the breath of our parents and grandparents and great, 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 great grandparents, the breath of our children, the new friends that we've made, the breath of the friends and family we've lost. 
With every inhalation, we take in some baby's first breath in Sri Lanka and someone's last breath in Moscow. It gives an overwhelming sense of connection, doesn't it? When JFK gave his famous speech announcing the entering of the moon race, he said this, For in final analysis, our most basic common link is that we all inhabit this small planet. We all breathe the same air. We all cherish our children's future. And we are all mortal. Kennedy had just experienced the Bay of Pigs crisis, and I think he was reflecting on what connects us in the face of that danger. In the midst of human annihilation, hey, we all breathe the same air. We're all connected here. Right now, you're listening to a podcast, maybe with family and friends, maybe you're listening alone. But take a moment, take another deep breath, and know that all of life, all of humanity, for all of our existence, we've all been connected by this overwhelming, surprising fact. We all breathe the same air. There's an old Latin word that means to breathe together. And we still use it to this day. It's the word conspire. Let me ask you this, friends. What would it mean for us to conspire together towards greater connections? To move past the divisions we hold and to conspire to strengthen the very bonds that make this community thrive. Welcome, my friends, to Weldfound. Today's show is titled Unlikely Family, and we'll be hearing from a couple different stories that highlight incredible, surprising connections of community where it didn't seem possible. We begin at a construction site. I was invited to lunch out at one of the builds for Greeley Evans Habitat for Humanity. As I walked into the area, a volunteer told me about the work site. So this is the brand new, the brand new build. Brand new build. It's uh, called Northview Estates, and we got 11 lots. Uh, ready to, we got two foundations poured ready to go. Cool. So this will get us through the next couple months and then we'll be in Evans building 27 more. Everyone took a break from their work and we spread out to eat together outside, just on top of the newly built flooring for what was to become a three-bedroom house. This was late last year, in the fall of 2019. Several groups were there. A new influx of AmeriCorps Vistas an oil and gas company putting in a volunteer day, and a group of students from Jefferson High School. They were starting a new semester at Habitat in what's called the Construction Pathways Program. Many students enter Jefferson High School behind on credits for various reasons. And the school has a special place in Weld County, helping those students to graduate through innovative approaches. So this group of high school students building today at Habitat, they were going to be there daily for an entire semester. I found out about the Construction Pathways program because its beginning was aided by a grant from where I work, the Weld Community Foundation. As we finished eating, we gathered in a half circle and Sherry Witt Brown, Habitat's executive director for Greeley and Evans, got up to give a picture of their important work in our community. And then Matt Weber, a teacher at Jefferson talked about the Construction Pathways program. The lunch closed with students introducing themselves to the group and we heard a special story from Mac, a student who's been with the program the longest for three years now. Here's Habitat's Sherry Whit Brown. Can I introduce you to each other? I know some of you met this morning, but 
Uh, our Jefferson students came after you guys had already started to build. Uh, but first of all, we just want to thank you so much. Uh, affordable housing here in Colorado is uh, really, it is at a crisis point. How many, how many people here uh, right now think you can go out and get an affordable place to live pretty easily? It's usually those who've lived in Colorado or lived here for a long time, right? In fact, I was just sharing um, about 20 years ago, uh, we were building homes, modest two-bedroom homes, for around $58,000. Somebody could buy a home for $58,000. Uh, they could buy a home that maybe needed some repair for around that, but your average wage earner could go out and, and build the American dream through home ownership. But that has become almost increasingly almost impossible to achieve these days. In fact, just in this neighborhood back in 2008, when the recession hit, any one of these homes you could probably come through here and pick up for under, right around 100,000. Do you know what these homes around you are praised for right now? Three to four. 220,000. 220, 250, 260. In fact, the average home now in Greeley is well over $300,000. Well over $300,000. You know, the fact that you're giving of your time, Great Western, and of your resources, our Jefferson, AmeriCorps, you're, uh, you're the reason we can build affordable housing in Greeley. Without your support, we can't do it. And that's true of any Habitat affiliate, not only here, but in the nation and in 70 countries uh, around the world. First, we have some new Jefferson students here. This is their very first corporate build day on site and so i just want to welcome you guys and say thank you so much uh, for giving up your time uh, for coming out here when it's it's not always going to be nice right it's going to be cold and some days it's going to be windy but we just appreciate you mac thank you for coming back for three three years now mac has built more houses than any jefferson student so let's get out and that, that, what number are you up to now how many are you up to now? I think if we do help out on this one, I think it's 14. 14. 14 homes this young man has helped build. Um, and uh, I'm going to share more about Mac here in a minute. But just thank you guys and welcome. Welcome to the Habitat team. When you build with Habitat, you really are providing our families to have dignity and respect in the process of securing a safe and stable future for their families for generations. This is not just a band-aid program. This is a program that allows our family the same opportunity my mother and father had when they were first starting out in life to build generational wealth. And, and that's one of the reasons we believe and are so passionate about the work we do is for 40 years we've seen this model work. We hear a lot of people talking about trying to help people out of poverty, but there's so few programs that work. But you're standing on the deck of a program that works. Our families get 500 hours of sweat equity, uh, a modest uh, down payment. Uh, when this home is paid off, this is theirs to pass down to their family, to their, their children and grandchildren and on down the line. And I don't know about you, but that's really how my family got a leg up in the world was through homeownership. I'm going to turn it over to, to Matt so he can kind of explain uh, all things construction pathway yeah, right. program. And I tell you, there's no more passionate instructor who believes in his students and, and gives his heart and soul 
two his students, and that's the young man standing next to me. Yeah, and thank you. Uh, so I'm Matt Weber. I, I get the honor to be the uh, teacher instructor of Jefferson High School Construction um, Pathway Program. So this is our fourth year. Um, I want to say first of all, thank you guys for lunch. Thank you for your support, and um, it's an honor to be out here working with you. And I know I haven't met all of you yet, but I, I hope to by the end of the day. Um, so basically, we're an alternative school. Um, our students have come to us, they're usually behind in credits, they would not graduate on time if they didn't come to Jefferson, um, but we're starting to get a little um, niche built, if you will, where we're, we're getting some technical pathways that our students are interested in doing possible careers, so we're pulling some students from some of the, uh, the, the big three, if you will, in Greeley. Um, so we're an alternative school, we teach at an accelerated pace, so we do in a quarter what a regular school would do in a semester so that we can catch them up so they can graduate on time. Um, these guys get the opportunity through the construction program, they're learning, they're earning concurrent enrollment credits through Ames. So Mac, when he graduates, I believe will have 33 credits um, that the district paid for. So he's halfway to his associate's degree already. Um, so kind of some cool opportunities, which when you think about it, if someone would not have graduated on time, now they're gonna have college credits on top of graduating on time. It's pretty cool opportunity. So um, we've done, 18 houses now, 17 I guess, so um, in overall, and it's kind of cool because he's been a part of 14 of them. <laughs> um, so um, like I said, four years, you know, we have a 100% graduation rate for all of our students that have been through the program. We have 43% of our kiddos that are out in some sort of construction related industry. So we kind of see that as that maybe we've at least open their eyes to it. We do introduce them to the trades of building a residential house. We don't teach them the trade, but we introduce them to it. Matt Weber invited some of the students to introduce themselves and here are a few of them. And this is my third quarter here and I've joined this program because I wanted to try something new. I heard about like that we build houses and I like to be busy and doing different kinds of stuff. I'm Thomas. Um, this is my second year in the program. I joined the program because I heard when you graduate, it like opens a lot of doors for your future. And I want those opportunities so that when I graduate, I can get a good job and then hopefully take care of me and my daughter and my family. My name's Eddie. Uh, I joined this program just to like learn new trades, and, like just help people out that need houses and stuff. Jasmine. I joined to prove to men that a woman could do a man's job just as good as them. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> right, we're kind of outnumbered out here, but that's okay. <laughs> then, Matt Weber introduced Mac, who has a special place in the program, and he shared his story. This is Mac, um, as Sherry introduced him a little bit ago. He come to us, well, I'll let him tell you. Um, he's amazing. He, he is one of the one of the kindest people I've ever met, and if you ever look directly in his eyes, you'll see that. Um, he's battled through a tremendous amount of adversity in his very young life, but um, I look forward to hearing the amazing things that he's going to do with the rest of his life. He's worked in the oil field last summer. Uh, he's been out here, um, you know, building houses, and and he he is one of those people that when he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it, and he's going to do it well. So, Mac, would you like to tell a little bit of your story, if you don't mind, sir? How should I start it? Whatever you want. Um, <clears throat> How'd you get here? Well, my name's Mac uh, McKenna Cruz, and 
I don't know. I kind of fell in. I kind of fell into Jefferson by not going to school. I missed. I was at Northridge for my freshman year. Half of it, I didn't show up. I think I showed up out of the first semester I was there. I showed up maybe a good three weeks that entire semester. They said basically if if the way the course I was going, I was going to graduate in 2022, two years behind of what I was supposed to. And I found to Jefferson, the junior high, that was the first year that they had freshmen. And that whole year, from sixth grade to my sophomore year, <coughs> my mom was battling cancer. <clears throat> and I, f I found to this school, and I didn't think no school cared. Like, you're just a number to them, but once I met Matt, I knew everything was going to hopefully change around. And once I fell into the construction program, that's where I saw my life starting to starting to change, starting to flip around. And I, I still didn't go to school even when I was at Jefferson, not as much as I should have. I was on a half-day schedule. Most of my days were spent at the hospital. And then Matt told me I should try this program and I'll see where it's going to take me. And so I did. And I've been just meeting more and more people like you guys buying this lunch so I can tell you guys what's going on. <laughs> um, and then unfortunately in 2017, in my sophomore year, we did lose her and I fell out of school. I stopped going for a good month. Before that, I didn't go to school for about three months again. And I kind of fell apart and Matt picked me up. Or I think he came over, he brought me dinner one night and we were just talking about everything. And so I went. I started going back to school, and I got into this program. I started. Everything started flipping around for me. So this program means the world to me. I've lost basically my entire world in this program, and this program's helped me build my world back up. Kind of cool. Mac could have graduated last year to a year early. Um, I convinced him to stay one more year to get some more college credits, but uh, he literally could have graduated last year. So they said he would have graduated 2022, two years late. He could have actually graduated one year earlier than he was supposed to. So he's, he's like I said, he's had a lot of adversity and he's fought through it. And I mean, you see a, a very, very strong young man in front of you right now. I know he looks like an adult. But, uh, <laughs> so, um, you want to go? Yeah. You were crying, weren't you? No, I was. Your eyes were sweating. <laughs> Uh, Matt is such an amazing young man. Last year we were invited by Habitat International to share this program at our affiliate conference where over 1,300 different affiliates across the nation, really across the world, and we all come and share and learn from one another. And Matt came to us, and so uh, Matt and Mac both came to that conference with us. And I will tell you, he represented Colorado, Greeley, our community so well. And we're so fortunate to have young men like Matt in this world and in our lives, you know, because there's a, there's a Mac and, and men and women like him are gonna be what makes this world a better place. And just can't thank you enough, Mac, for what you've given us because it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Huge thanks to Habitat for letting me record this lunch and presentation. Talk about a win, 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 right? Students who are at risk of not graduating can get started 
in construction education while also getting college credit at Ames. 43% find work immediately out of school in construction-based jobs. Habitat gets volunteers. People in need get homes to start creating generational wealth for their family. It was an honor being in the presence of such active good that was happening for our community. I hope you could feel it too. And let's pause to take note of two great things. The resiliency of a young man like Mac and the relational involvement of a teacher like Matt Weber. They have formed life-changing bonds that build up our entire community. I've actually been putting this story together for a while, and right as I am releasing it, the campaign at mygreeley.com has featured Mac and his story on their website and a host of billboards and advertisements. It felt fortuitous. If you want a deeper dive into Mac's story and see some great pictures, head to mygreeley.com. Continuing our show today, titled Unlikely Family, I present another story from a man named Roy Wardell. He's in his 70s now. He took over his family's ranch in Weld County in 1989. And he was just about to give up ranching and that he couldn't find good help. That's when Juan showed up at his door 25 years ago with a wife and small child in tow. It was a gradual thing, but an unlikely family grew out of the working relationship. Roy tells the story of Juan becoming a part of the Wardells, getting U.S. citizenship, and now running the ranch. Here's Roy. What were some of the things that you felt like um, you learned for yourself personally being a psychologist for 15 years? That I was crazy like everybody else. <laughs> and, well, and I tell you, my favorite thing of being a psychologist was listening to family stories and how much family heritage, family parents and family stuff, how salient that is in, our, in all of our histories. It's just, I, I'm a people person. I like I like people. I like I like the inner. I'm a curious person, and I just enjoy the different dynamics of people. And uh, so I I still enjoy listening to people's family stories. I was about ready to quit ranching because I couldn't get any decent help. I'd been I'd been I'd had over a period of. He came he came here in 1999, and I'd come, that was ten years after I got here when Juan came, but. The, for the three or four years previous to that, I had two or three, three or four different eyed men. A short period of time didn't work out. Juan showed up and, and um, talked to him and said, "Well, okay, we'll give it a try." And he didn't speak much English. I kid him now about speaking English with a Wardell accent. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. It was 20 years this spring, so he was 25, 26. And he had a little he had a toddler, married and had a little girl. And Leslie, who was, was, I think, two and a half, she now has finished her master's at UNC and finished CSU and then finished her master's degree this year. Or she's finishing it right now, but she's actually been, she's actually gotten a job at Longmont, Longmont School, just grabbed her. <laughs> She's teaching summer school for them, kindergarten this summer. What's well, so gradual, you know, it was, first of all, he didn't speak English really well. He didn't like to go to town and do errands. He didn't like to talk on the telephone because of his 
English. But anyway, he's amazing how quickly he learned. He's really smart. And I think maybe one of those brains that's good with language. And anyway, he's, he has no problem in talking to anybody now. So anyway, so it was just a gradual thing. And I asked him, I said, did you, because I began to think that here's, here's, a, here's a good guy, I liked him. And I said, Are you really, do you really want to do this? He said, oh yeah, for sure. But he was pretty reticent to take it because he thought that was too, it, it, couldn't believe it was really the possibility. I said, well, if you, if you want to, I'll guarantee you can stay here the rest of your life. I didn't tell him at that point he could have the ranch, but I have now. <laughs> and of course, and then in the meantime, they had the two more girls. All, all three of them are math. Three girls are math students. You know, that's their favorite subject. All three of those girls. It, it, I think what happened was it was just really seemed like what you might dream about for a father-son relationship. And. I've said this to other people about years. Good thing that somebody else raised him. I just screwed him up. <laughs> you know, the, the whole growing up father-son so many times, it's not easy, more like it was with my dad. And I got to know his family, too. <coughs> his mom and dad came here a time or two. I jumped in the van, in their van, and we all went to Mexico for Christmas one year. There were six of us. An immigrant, you had to, they had to have a green card, right? So he, he showed me what the green card is. That wasn't a big deal. I wasn't very worried about it. But a couple of years later, he came to me and said, Roy, I think you'll probably, you may fire me. I said, Why would I do that? I said, Well, I lied to you. And one of the things I always emphasize with somebody who's going to work for me, I said, I don't deal with most anything other than dishonesty. And, and so he, he came and confessed that he wasn't legal. The reason he was telling me, he said, there's a window, there's an there's a opportunity here that if an employer will back a, a, somebody for, for being legal, he said, maybe you, if you would like to, maybe if, after I'd said I wasn't going to fire him. <laughs> And that was a big day. I said to my friends, I said, well, if they, when they get their citizenship, that's going to be the biggest party I ever threw. And we threw a big party out the ranch. And uh, it was fun. It was, it was fun. They're so much loved by everybody that knows them. So by this time, they've been, by the time they got their citizenship, they'd been here 15 years or so here at the ranch and got to know neighbors and cattle people. And so there's a, my family, my family immediately, almost from the very beginning, accepted them as, you know, just like my brother's kids. <laughs> his birthday, I would give him his birthday card and a gift for my son, you know. And I'd get grandpa cards from the girls. And, and Father's Day, I'd get wonderful cards from the kids' as grandpa. And so that's some of the, the family stuff. It was, you know, one of those things that you could never design, never, never could have planned. Um, 
turned out that were, it was a nice a nice fit for them and a nice fit for me. And one is a wonderful father too. He's really good. He's really good with the kids. He's really good. So it really is family. I mean, we really do it that way. It really has been that way. Big thanks today to Roy for sharing his story. And to Greeley Evans Habitat for Humanity, thank you for the work that you do in our community. Thank you, Mac and Matt, for letting us know about the Construction Pathways program. Special thanks to Dave Farrell for extra help with sound engineering and to Mark Feldmeyer. He's a Methodist minister serving in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. The Caesar's Breath piece that I opened with was deeply inspired by one of his teachings. As always, thank you to the Weld Community Foundation for making this show possible and for giving grants that are catalysts for things like the Construction Pathways program. You've been listening to WeldFound. Please like us on social medias, rate the podcast on iTunes, share us with a friend. And again, thanks for listening.